0: What's the game? The game's a hunt. No, it isn't.
1: He was
0: slinging pawns at a B and B when he had an epiphany. Because
1: you're incapable M-M-M's. Hello and welcome to Keep Off The Borderlands A podcast about RPGs and stuff My name is Spencer, a.k.a. Free Thrall And in this episode, I'll be talking about a game called Fist, a 2D6 rules light system, which currently has a box set edition on Kickstarter. And while that Kickstarter is running, the rules themselves are available for free. But before all that, let's do some messages.
0: Hey Spencer, Jason here. Enjoyed your wrap-up for RPG A Day. I'm glad you're feeling a little bit better. I'm sorry you had a tough time at the end of the month. As far as RPG a day, you knocked it out of the park. Great, great job. I'm sorry I'm not on social media to see all the other stuff that you've done. But, you know, I do have to think of my health. I look forward to your podcast in the future. And I look forward to maybe, hopefully, gaming with you at some point in the future. Who knows? But take care, and I will talk to you soon
1: thank you jason jason of nerds rpg variety cast of course i am feeling a lot better thank you but uh it was almost four weeks before i started to feel myself again it certainly felt like four weeks anyway i've no doubt it was the latest version of covid doing the rounds and as you know i do like to check out the most recent additions I wouldn't worry too much about missing out on anything by not indulging in certain social media platforms, Jason. I did try to cover everything I posted about in the actual podcast episodes themselves. As for Gaming Together, I'm certainly all for that. Things are changing around here, um, so it's all a bit up in the air. The days of running a B&B certainly appear to be numbered new legislation is making things very hard for the hospitality industry in Scotland not that things aren't already tough enough for small businesses right now as they are for everyone of course I say everyone obviously not those at the top lapping up all that lovely rich rich cream but I, I don't want to bore you with all that stuff hopefully I'll be chatting to Jason very soon about an Albert Pune movie he took me into watching. I'm certainly looking forward to discussing that. Thank you very much for your call, Jason. Cheers.
0: Spencer, this is Anthony calling in from the road to let you know that you are a champion. I must admit, I began to wonder if you were going to make it or if life was going to get in the way, but you overcame the challenges and you delivered with a smashingly good finish. Uh, And that was great to see and to listen to keeping me sane on the highways of Korea. One thing that I learned about you that I didn't know before was your talent for voices. That was really cool. So I'm looking forward to (laughs) more vocal gymnastics in future podcasts anyway thanks again for participating and making it fun talk to you soon
1: thank you anthony thank you for those very kind words anthony Rumslinger boyd of the casting shadows podcast and youtube channel there i was a little on the ropes there not sure i was going to make it across the finishing line in good time but glad that I was able to pull it out of the bag at the last minute. Wow, how many uh, metaphors am I mixing up there? A little concerned perhaps that you're turning to me to keep yourself sane. Speaking of sanity, the voices. Yes, the voices. I'm glad you enjoy my tomfoolery, but I'm sure for many, if they ever hear another Monty Python reference again, it will be too soon. And that reminds me, I do owe Chicago Whiz of the Dungeon Master's Handbook a reading. Uh, we were having a little voice-off back and forth, but I have clearly dropped the ball on that one, so maybe I can kick that back into play. You've also reminded me of something else, Anthony, uh, some errata. I spoke about a YouTuber in my last episode, I believe, that I discovered around the same time I discovered your own channel, who I referred to as Dark Side of Jason, when in fact they are called Dark Age of Jason and can currently be found putting out stuff on the Roleplay Cafe YouTube channel. Something else on Reflection that seems a little silly when I think about it, was the suggestion that Jack Vance's Dying Earth might be in the public domain. We only lost him about 10 years ago, and his work is nowhere near old enough for that. Although, having said that, I know that's not really how IP works. I mean, recently, Bill Willingham, who's famous for the Fables comic series, recently put all his stuff into the public domain because well it seems that he's had enough of how dc have been utilizing his material so uh yeah there is that so uh yeah well thanks again for that call anthony very much appreciated
0: And so just gonna yeah, I had to call in had to call in because you are talking about the, the 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 dungeon master being a player and uh, I I get you you know you're making semantic arguments about you know the two to three players and then uh, etc uh, look at look at the roots of the hobby look at the roots of the hobby uh it started well, you you mentioned in the same episode Dave Anderson you made a game uh, a tribute to Dave Orniston. If you know anything about Dave Orniston, you know that everything started out that it was a referee. You know the the dungeon master came from a referee in war games. So if you've got a referee, is a referee a player? Do you consider the officials on the field and your footy over there across the pond? Do do you consider the the referee a player? He's playing the game too. The re- or she could be a she could could be a she. They're playing the game too. You you believe that? You really believe that? I want you to take a second. Everyone, take a second. We're gonna take a take a deep breath. Deep breath in. Now hold it. Now let it out. There you go. There you go. You took your second. Now you think about it, because when you think about it really hard, Spencer, you're gonna say, "He's right. He's right." Because I am right. And you're welcome.
1: Ah, night. Nate, me old mate, Nate Gilbreth of I'm Right, you're welcome. Firstly, I would like to say how much of an honour it is to have you, Nate Gilbreth, call into my show with your opinions. Now, I don't want to give you an aneurysm or anything, RPGs did evolve out of war gaming, sure. But the key word there is evolve. They became something different. No longer a game of player versus player, which might require an impartial adjudicator to ensure that the game is fair. But RPGs, of course, are not structured like that at all, are they? They're not necessarily adversarial. Now, I don't mind the term referee, Because it has neutral connotations. But I totally get why Joe Richter of Hindsightless doesn't like it. Because you're clearly doing more than just ensuring the rules are fairly implemented. But for me, they are also a player playing the world and everything else in it. Hell, even is play. Right, Joe? Dungeon Master or Game Master, they're perfectly serviceable terms if you consider the role as someone who's controlling the environment that the characters are up against. Yet these terms don't necessarily work so well when you start getting into the realm of story games. And when I say story games, I'm referring to games that have rules for shaping narrative, sharing narrative control, So that everyone is included in the telling. Personally, the only term I really have any issues with is storyteller. Because, of course, for me, it suggests a reduction of agency on the part of anyone else at the table. For many folks, this is a problem that began way back when what I understand is referred to as trad gaming... With the introduction of the grand narrative, the days of Dragonlance, this was the inception of ideas such as DM as frustrated novelist, railroading quantum ogres, unkillable NPCs, that kind of stuff. If a GM wants to call themselves a storyteller, well, sure, but be prepared for your players to be story wreckers. To me, this is one of the main issues that the indie games of The Forge and the OSR both sought to address. The Forge tackled it by structuring narrative through the rules and disseminating of narrative control amongst the group. However, this didn't cater for players who wanted to engage with the world through their character, which I believe is where the OSR comes in. That's certainly what I saw within the movement, this idea of an independent organic world for characters to engage with, interact and explore. These are the elements that initially excited me about the hobby and it's still what I look for now. That's why I like the games I like and well more about that later. Anyway, Nate, I'm still responding to your message, aren't I? Um, Look, I'm not saying you're wrong necessarily. Sure, it's nice to be right, but it's great to be Nate. Yeah. Thank you very much for your call. A couple of days ago, I put out a post for the Stockasium, my substack, entitled Fist of Fun, about a Kickstarter that's currently running for the game Fist, which has been available for a couple of years, as far as I'm aware, via Itch. This Kickstarter is for a box set, and obviously there's a variety of tiers which you can back from PDFs to individual books to the full Kit and Caboodle. I wanted to read that post for you here. Because I need content and I'm lazy. Fist of Fun. A new contender for my favourite tabletop RPG. A couple of weeks ago, I tweeted and skeeted. Have you ever come across a game that threatens to make 80% of your existing collection obsolete? A little hyperbolic, perhaps, for me at least. I mean, I've got no real intention of whittling down my collection anytime soon. Not that it doesn't need it. What I was attempting to convey was that I believe I have found a game that does all the things I look for in an RPG. A game that ticks the hell out of my boxes and possibly introduces a couple of new boxes I didn't know I wanted ticking. F.I.S.T., which stands for Freelance Infantry Strike Team, is a game set during the Cold War about paranormal mercenaries working for a super-secret organisation tackling problems the world never knew it had. It's a setting that suggests, to me at least, the Suicide Squad, Doom Patrol, the X-Men, the Champions, a 60s British TV show about occult espionage, Hellboy, The Invisibles, The Umbrella Academy, The SCP Foundation, and no doubt many other things I'm failing to think of right now. Player characters are basically members of a paranormal A-team. This is all great stuff of course, but that's not necessarily why I like this game so much. System wise, Fist uses the PBTA that's powered by the Apocalypse 2D6 core mechanism that allows for degrees of success, but it's removed from all the other elements associated with those games, i.e. moves, playbooks, etc. So I don't know that I'd call it a PBTA game. Structurally, it's what I regard as an old-school setup. One person is the GM, here a referee, and that person plays the world and everyone in it, with the exception of the characters that are controlled by the other players. It has swift character creation, death is always on the table, and freshly minted replacement characters can be dropped into the ongoing action with ease. A plethora of backgrounds can be created in moments by mashing together a couple of random traits that include stats and equipment from a list of 216, that's a D666 table. The rules are clear, simple, and handily summarized in two pages. There are great examples of play that don't just show how things work, but also anticipate the kinds of negotiations that might go on at the table. It talks about tactical infinity, i.e. players can try almost anything to tackle a problem. The one thing I personally consider unique to tabletop role playing games. It embraces the concept of anti canon, in that consistency of law is solely down to the referee. The world is created as you play. The setting amounts to the name and nature of the organization you work for and a rival organization, but you don't necessarily have to use those elements at all. While you're clearly encouraged to create your own content, the book doesn't skimp on examples that will help prevent any kind of analysis paralysis. With a supportive tone throughout, an FAQ section, genius, and tons of tools for generating everything you could want, I fail to see what else could possibly be included here. What's most mind-blowing is that the entire rulebook is completely free While the Kickstarter campaign is running. You can check out Claymore's incredible Fist. Via the link in the show notes. I also wanted to read you a page from Fist's referee section. Because it covers something that I've spoken about in a message I believe I sent to Pink Phantom's Phantom Thoughts podcast about whether or not it's necessary to include a what is a role playing game section in an RPG. And wouldn't that space be better utilized describing the specific type of game that you had in your hand rather than attempting to cover this whole nebulous medium. We call role playing games. Because this particular section of Fist kind of pretends it's not going to do that, but then goes on to have a pretty good stab at doing it anyway. Playing Fair, a theory of role playing games. What is a role playing game? We're not sure, but while our top scientists are putting their heads together to find an answer, We'll share some of the design philosophy that went into making this game. How does a role-playing game differ from make-believe? Because Fist is a mercenary role-playing game, we'll open with another example of imaginary warfare. A pretend gameplay gunfight and lay out three pillars of thought for the referee. Trust, Chance and Rules. Trust Trust is typically expected and assumed in a pretend playground gunfight. All parties involved implicitly trust each other to constrain their imaginative play along commonly understood boundaries. Guns go bang when fired, people cannot be shot through solid objects, and people die when shot, etc. Players who undermine these rules, My magic armour can deflect bullets! are removing the structure which turns freeform play into a sensory, decision-based game. You can run from bangs you hear, you duck behind solid objects you see, you lie down when dead so others are not confused, and you die loudly and wildly to help suspend collective disbelief. In a role-playing game context, this implicit trust still exists. The referee trusts the players to approach the imagined world boldly, cleverly, and in good faith, and the players trust the ref in turn to be fair, knowledgeable, clear, and consistent. At a table, fiction takes the place of sensory input. All decisions are now made in an imaginary context narrated largely by the referee. This places an incredible burden on the referee to be as impartial and knowledgeable as about simulated minutiae as possible, brackets, and tends towards predictability, so we incorporate chance. Chance. Chance can be used to abstract all kinds of mental heavy lifting for the table. Complex matters like combat, injury, body language, piloting etc could be a chore to resolve entirely through agreed upon common sense descriptions so we roll dice to find out what happens whatever the specifics of dog fighting are the dice will tell us if you crash the fighter jet you don't or something in between chance further suspends disbelief and increases fairness things don't always play out according to our agreed upon common sense expectations Chance can also be used in place of referee prep. The Intelligence Matrix, page 70, is provided partially for this purpose. Rules Rules are the final pillar. Trust and chance are proteins of role-playing and make for a fun, if vague and strenuous game. Rules are the seasoning. They can handle further mental heavy lifting by hand-waving complex questions for the sake of pacing and everybody's time. When should we involve chance? How do we abstract some people having better odds than others given the same preparation? When can I summon my magic armour that deflects bullets? The implicit rules, advice, setting information, etc. are just as important as the explicit ones. For instance, Fist itself is an action science fantasy horror pastiche so that genre conventions can replace mental heavy lifting. Maybe we don't know which common industrial chemicals are flammable, but we do know that red barrels always explode. Now, that, for me, was a very nice, clear summary of what role-playing games are. You may not agree, but... It works for me. Now, I really need to mention a hack of Fist called Planet Fist. This is by Jess Levine, and I reviewed uh, one of Jess Levine's games... I have the higher ground. Sometime last summer, in episode 203, Resistance is Feudal, it was a two-player dueling game of banter, posturing and capes. Now, since then, Jess has become an award-winning game designer, with her game Going Rogue 2E, winning the 2023 Crit Award for Best GMless Game of the Year. Full disclosure, Jess sent me a PDF copy of Planet Fist, which is currently funding on Itch. I believe it's available for $8. There are community copies there, if you're feeling the pinch. It's about a 150-page document and is inspired by Starship Troopers, video games like Battlefield Bad Company, and more specifically, Planetside 2. You play soldiers in an endless struggle between three warring empires. Pain is temporary. War is forever. Death is just the beginning. Characters are constructed from nanobots and are immediately reconstructed at point of death with a narratively flexible combat system. This game is as much about exploring the relationships between the characters as it is about anything else. As with Fist, it includes plenty of supportive material, play aids, assignments, mission generators, and all manner of random tables. And there'll be a link to the Itch page in the show notes. That's quite enough from me Thank you very much for listening I really appreciate all the messages I receive If you'd like to contact me You can leave an audio message Via speakpipe.com Slash keep off the borderlands Or one word You can contact me via email Spencer.freeforall At gmail.com You can also find me on discord As detailed in the show notes And at freeforall On instagram Blue Sky and that dumpster fire formerly known as Twitter, mastodon at freethrall at mastodon.social if you're that way inclined and there's even a keep off the borderlands Facebook group. All those links and more can be found at freethrall.card with two r's.co. You can hear me in actual plays on Grizzly Peaks radio if you're into that sort of thing. And there's always the Stockasian newsletter on Substack. If you'd like to support the show, you can at co-fee.com slash free thrall. There's my itch page, or you can even try giving it a review. The music for Keep Off The Borderlands is provided by the multi-talented Mr. Timothy J. Drenham. And it just remains, for me to say, take it away. TJ.